Blog Talk Radio. We live! We live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. And what's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? You are tuned into page one. Happy New Year. Um, I don't know how long into the new year that you actually wish people a happy new year. I think it would be at least the first week or two. I don't know the rule of that. But uh, here we are. It's 2023. So glad that you could join us on this Friday night, January. Was this the 6th? 2023. We made it uh, so far. <laughs> it's the start. And as always, <laughs> I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Mary. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm a little nervous for tonight because I didn't get my homework done. So, Well, you and me both. Um, you would think that we would have had extra time knowing that we were at the end of the year and that, uh, <laughs> right. that we have a year in awards that we do every year, but we didn't, uh, we didn't meet you last week. Um, so you thought we would have had that extra week to get stuff done and we did not. And, uh, you know, I will admit for the, uh, pure reason and rationale of, uh, being opus and honest, because we always are on this show. Uh, some things, even up to the last minute, because I, I thought about it, and I was like, eh. And I'm still kind of flip-flopping, and probably will flip-flop on a few things right up until I announce it. I am even kind of flip-flopping on our person of the year, because I still don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a general idea, and I may defer to what other lists are saying, so that may be the case. Uh, or, you know what, we may even hold off until next week if that is what Mary decides to wants to do on that one. <laughs> um, I mean, I have everything done except for the top ten stories. I only have one story. Oh, well, I'm I pretty sure somewhere between now and then uh, when we do that. You'll probably think of a few more. It doesn't have to be a top ten. Uh, I I have ten. Um, but uh, there's a lot of things that are be going on tonight. Uh, we'll have little bits and pieces of our normal show somewhere within here tonight. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things that I read over the last uh, few weeks uh, since we've last been with you, so we'll kind of talk about those as well. Uh, we'll mix in a little bit of our year-end awards here as we go throughout the evening. We'll take a live look at what's trending. I do anticipate that probably sometime before the evening is over, we will have some breaking news for you uh, out of Washington. Uh, I think it's now on vote number 15,736, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for <laughs> the Speaker of the House. Um, so we That's keep turned into eye. a running joke in, the, in our house, though. So. Yeah. It's turned into a motto, like, have you tried as many times as? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can only think of 
three things pretty much that came to mind. I could think of, um, you know, that great song from Sesame Street that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> pretty much, that's pretty much what I'm thinking of. Or I was thinking of the count. Five, five votes. Oh, uh, uh. oh, 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 Pretty much. Um, the best thing that I saw um, in regards to that is there was a meme that is now going out. Uh, remind me to probably send it to you. Uh, when I get a chance, but if you all recall uh, the um, the wonderful uh, ABC uh, Schoolhouse Rock vignette of only a bill, and the bill is sitting on the steps talking to the kid. He's like, "There's no song to explain this. You know what? <laughs> it's an awesome thing. I, you are correct." This has been one of those odd, odd weeks where so much, it's kind of like 2022 pretty much crapped on us going out. And the new year started and we lost a few more people in between uh, because this, this time Friday night, we probably would have been talking to you a little bit about Barbara Walters because that news was breaking last Friday night around this time. Um. And we didn't get a chance to discuss that. I'll briefly tell you, you know, her place in history as far as uh, a person that a lot of people have said in the last week, you know, broke the glass ceiling for women in regards to uh, journalism and TV. And you heard so many stories this last week about, you know, and it's kind of the irony of it all is that, and the two places where she made history, she really did have to put up with a lot of crap. Um, you know, everyone knows well uh, her time on the ABC Evening News with Harry Reasoner and how he didn't want her there. Uh, for two years, they pretty much just went back and forth. But before that, even before that, just to show how, you know, in hindsight, how silly it was uh, when she was at the Today Show, paired with Frank McGee, she couldn't even really be called co-host of the show. She was relegated to doing fashion shows and, you know, women's stories. And when she did finally get a chance to be at the desk with him, um, he did not want her to sit in on major interviews with public figures. And when they did, he had to ask the first three questions. She could only ask one, and sometimes it was at the end, and it couldn't really be a serious question. And, you know, you look back in hindsight, and it just seems so silly. And for what she had to go through, because that's stuff that would make a lot of people quit. Um, but she persevered and became the television icon that we know, knew her to be. Um, you know, it, it's just somebody, the first person always has to go through it. <laughs> um, but sad to hear. Uh, but uh, no, 
uh, rest in peace, Barbara Walters, because she opened the doors for a lot of people uh, in television uh, once she was able to get in. So, um, but yeah, so much has happened the last week. It's, <laughs> you know, yeah. there was an interesting back and forth, you know, on Twitter. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, everything with uh, Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills, uh, who, you know, we all continue to pray for, and that's a scary thing, and it brought up, you know, uh, what could the NFL do different? And, you know, I thought about that this week. <sighs> you know, I don't know if there's anything that you could have done different with that play. I don't think that T. Higgins is to blame. You know, it is one of those odd things of where you always hear, and they know the dangers that a hit can do. I'm not sure if you can put additional padding within that chest area to protect the player on hits like that. But I don't know if I'm going to be in the minority here, but football, as long as there is, you're going at 90 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. And players now are faster, um, more agile. There's so much that's happening all at once. I am not sure that you will be able to avoid situations like that happening unless you either A, uh, put additional padding and protection on the chest area, or B, you go to a flag football type of display. Because it's only, it's, we hope and pray it doesn't happen again. But with the way that people are hitting each other now, um, football has always been, there's nothing new to it. Football has always been a violent sport. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I've been listening to everybody this week and everybody has been talking about, you know, that and protecting the players and making sure they're taken care of, which is all true. They should be. But at the same time, too, when you start to play football you go into it and I think this is the opposite side to it because I hate to be the person that's the um, that, that plays the the other card to this is that you go into this knowing or at least you have to know that there is a lot of high risk to this game um, not saying that that's you know a deserved high risk because it's not but it's the risk that you take when you are coming at each other at full speed, and it could be a wrong move, such as in this case, um, one move an inch forward, because if he was probably a little bit further down or came in at a different angle, it either would have been something that hit the groin area it could have affected him, or you know, a kidney, or his heart, or his neck, or his leg. You don't know. And it's it's such a dangerous thing. I don't even know how you could really stop it. The only thing that I could think of 
if I'm the NFL Players Association in the next contract, is that you are trying to take care of your players in the event of something like this or set up something as to where a portion of their contract goes towards better long-term care, catastrophic injury, or after their playing career. Because I think at the end of the day, that's what you have to focus on more. It's a billion-dollar industry. <laughs> Surely somebody could set aside Yeah, but the billions of dollars that they're earning, unfortunately, aren't all going to the players, to all the players. It's only going to, you know, select you feels like like people are not uh, you've heard the stories of people playing through concussions and playing through injuries and playing through you know broken bones and strained muscles and what have you because they aren't Tom Brady so they're not getting now granted they're still getting way more than I'm getting as a salary but they're also putting they're bashing their bodies I just yeah there needs to be a shift. It's a dangerous game. It always has been, but it is still a game. So there should be some, at least there should be some safety measures that they look at. And then repercussions, not necessarily for the players. Like, okay, so I wouldn't blame anybody for this. I think this was just a freak accident. Yeah, and it was. It just, it was. All, the, all the stars just aligned properly. So I'm not blaming anyone for this one. But there still should be protocols in place so that when something like this happens, it's taken care of in a way that's safe for everyone. And I don't know how that works. I don't, I, I don't know what that would be. And that's a daunting task for the players' union, for the NFL. That's it's a, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, and I, I don't know in what way that you can probably um, – I, I don't know in what way you could uh, rectify all of that. I, I just think that longer term, probably going to be the best thing to look at or catastrophic care. Um, mm-hmm. It, it it has to be something that's addressed probably in the next contract, and I hope that they look at that. Uh, the other interesting thing of note uh, that I read this week um, <clears throat> was, and I'm pretty sure when all of us were in school, uh, <laughs> and actually I was kind of surprised when I know when I was in school, you know, you read Romeo and Juliet. Uh, some of us even watched the movie the 1968 version of Romeo and Juliet um, with Olivia Hussey and Leonard Whiting. And at that time, it was controversial because Olivia Hussey was around 15, 16 years old. Uh, Leonard was around 17, 16, I believe. And there was actually a nude scene in that movie, if you do recall, um, uh, topless scene with Olivia Hussey who was underage um, and the two stars from that movie have come out and sued Paramount Pictures 
for more than $500 million this week over that scene. Uh, Hussey, who is now 71, and Whining, who's now 72, filed the suit in Los Angeles County Superior Court alleging sexual abuse, sexual harassment, and fraud. Uh, the director, Franco uh, Zifrelli, who died in 2019, initially told the two that they would wear flesh-colored undergarments in the bedroom scene that comes late in the movie and was shot on the final days of filming. But on the morning of the shoot, Zafrelli told Whiting, who played Romeo, and Hussey, who played Juliet, that they would wear only body makeup while still assuring them that the camera would be positioned in a way that would not show nudity. Yet, they were filmed in the nude without their knowledge in violation of California federal laws against indecency and the exploitation of children, according to the suit. Zafrelli told them that they must act in the nude or the picture would fail and their careers would be hurt. The actors believed that they had no choice but to act in the nude and body makeup as demanded. Uh, of course, Whiting's uh, bare behind and Hussey's bare breasts are briefly shown during the scene. Uh, the film and its theme song were major hits at the time and have been shown to generations of high school students studying the Shakespeare play since. And I told you I was one among them who saw it. Uh, the court filing says that Hussey and Whiting have suffered emotional damage and mental anguish for decades and that each had careers that did not reflect the success of the movie. Um, hence, while they were looking for more than $500 million. Uh, the lo- lawsuit was filed under a California law temporarily suspending the statute of limitations for child sex abuse, which has led to a host of new lawsuits and a revival of many others that were previously dismissed. Uh, Hussey did, though, defend the scene in a 2018 interview with Variety, which first reported the lawsuit for the film's 50th anniversary. She said nobody at my nobody my age had done that before, adding that Zafrelli shot it tastefully. Quote, it was needed for the film. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen this version of the movie. I but, have not. No? I'm shocked. No. Uh, yeah. I am too, actually. Two uh, years after the movie. Uh, do you think that they have a valid point for their lawsuit? Yeah. Okay. So, um, kind of. <laughs> okay. If we break this down, this should have happened many, many, many moons ago um, because they do have a valid point of, I don't know about all of the charges, but they shouldn't have been forced to have a nude scene with body makeup. It should have been done with clothing of some sort because they were underage. Um, I think the only sticking point that gets me is the amount that they're suing for. And how long it's been. So, like, I get why they're suing now because the statute of limitations has been removed and and there's a lot of other things. There are a lot of other moving parts and, and now they can actually step up and say that was wrong and I couldn't say that before, but now I can. Um, and I get that. I, I guess I'm just I'm on the fence on this one. There's I understand the process and I understand the 
emotional trauma, and I understand all of that, and it makes sense. Timing and mounts on that are just not, those don't to me. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Um, I just, uh, I don't think that they're going to, well, of course, they're not going to see that. And I don't think that really, if anything, what hurts is the interview she did a couple of years ago praising the film. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that for what it is, you had anywhere between 1969 to 2022 Mm -hmm. to speak out on this. The film... You know, this set the dangerous precedent because, once again, when we talk about movies and entertainment and things that were done, have been filmed, a lot of people are going to say that if you didn't want to do it, now, is it, because here, uh, I don't know, I'm going to tell you this. You're going to struggle the same way I did. Yeah, the film was shot, the film was done. The film passed the censors. They knew how old those actors were. It was shown everywhere. has been shown everywhere since. It's not like it has been grabbed off of store shelves and burned. It's shown even for a historical reference as far as, you know, Shakespeare's work. So I think it's kind of like the too little too late in that you're looking pretty much for um, – some type of monetary uh, some type of monetary compensation because of the popularity of the film. And if that's the case, I would much rather you kind of say that, but I know that they can't because if they do, um, the law will probably state, hey, what you were paid for it then is what you got. But to come back and use that rationale that it caused a lot of anguish and other things. I mean, I am pretty sure at some point that, you know, as far as work for them, um, I don't know. It's I think they're kind of reaching on this one. I'm actually going to look here and look at Olivia Hussey's um, – acting career post that film. Uh, After that, between 1970 and 2000, she was in quite a few films. Uh, She appeared in the British drama All the Right Noises, uh, starred in a lot of different movies between then up until uh, she was in uh, uh, video works, voice work. Uh, She lent her voice to Star Wars Force Commander 2000. She's done work even as recently here um, as 2015, um, and in television up until 2013. She's done. She's voiced video games and has stage credits. So I don't think that Romeo and Juliet kind of hurt your career. <laughs> um, that's why I was like, if it really did hurt your career, I would think that. You know, yeah. And as for Leonard Whiting, he's not really a household name. 
Um, but he has done some works, uh, voiceover work, um, after like almost 20 some years, he came back in 2015 and did some things, but you know, he's been in television and film. So I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's one of those things where I think it's too little too late. I don't, foresee them getting they're not going to get 500 million that's not going to happen um Mm -hmm. you know if anything i don't even know if paramount will want to (laughs) to settle on a court um i don't think they're going to get anything out of this quite frankly uh it's it's a reach so you have not seen that movie a lot of high schools generally will play that in addition to the book Yeah, no, I've 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 not seen that. I've seen the newer one. Hmm. But we just we just did the reading and the um we went to Shakespeare in the Park and watched Macbeth. Uh, yep. Gotcha. And we did the reading of Macbeth. So we did a few readings of uh, a few different readings or a few of Shakespeare's readings, let's do it that way. Um, to kind of do that kind of thing, but now, no, we didn't. We never watched. Hey, my English teacher was not a let's watch a film in class kind of person. She was particular, so hmm. so we weren't. Yeah, we didn't. Not in her class. No, you don't get to just nap in my class. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody really napped in that. Uh, it, it, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh no, nobody gets to nap in my classes. What I remember, I remember. Oh, I remember her. <laughs> That's a whole different story, though. <laughs> it stays with you. <laughs> oh, it's one stay with me. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. Well, I will tell you, uh, for those of you listening tonight, um, you're on page one coming up. Uh, and the next half hour, we will start our uh, look. Actually, you know what? I might do one before we do the break, but um, we still got the almanac ahead, which we'll do. Um, so we got the almanac. We've got a live look at what is trending. Got another story for you. Uh, I know this is supposed to be, and I thought, I think I just saw it today. This is like what dry January or whatever they want to call it, or no, uh, whatever it is. Uh, like you're not supposed to really drink in the month of January because you drank a lot during the holiday season. Screw that. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> there's an interesting study. <laughs> there's an interesting study about the thirstiest states in the U.S. based on beer consumption per capita. You will be probably surprised at the state that took home number one. I'll share that info with you uh, later in the show. (laughs) But with that being said, we'll start off right before we go to the Almanac, at least with one of our um, 2022 Awards of the Year. And in your program, if you are... Uh, following along every year is what we have done. Um, t- 
to one that was really hard for me to do. Uh, and that was Entertainer of the Year. Um, as always, ladies first, if you have your uh, Entertainer of the Year, I will let you give that now. Okay. Um, the Entertainer of the Year for me, uh, that one was a tough one because there was a lot of people that had, you know, big years, breakout years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then with streaming services and all that, um, you know, the straight to video is not the same anymore. It's straight to Netflix or uh, uh, Disney Plus. Um, but I picked Michelle Yeoh. Um, she is, she was, this year she did um, everything, everywhere, all at once, or whatever that one was. I can't remember. So bad with that, but she's been in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's lent her voice to the goat <laughs> predictor, the the sorcerer in uh, Kung Fu Panda. She's been in oh god, so many things. Super Cop. She did um, one of the mummies for uh, the mummy. Uh, Series, Mummy Returns and Dragon Mummy and Warrior, and I don't know. There was too many of them. But she's been awesome. And she's actually even like, if I could be like her when I grow up kind of thing, um, she's strong, she's feminine, she's, she's bigger than life, but yet still soft and, and approachable. And, like, I'd love for her to be my grandma because she'd kick ass but then she'd make a great bunch of cookies. And then on top of that, she never settled for, I don't want to put it, like, but, but in quotes, like those, those typical Asian roles. She wasn't the comic relief, although she was the comic relief sometimes, but she didn't just be the comic relief. She wasn't that, you know, she wasn't the laundromat person. She didn't shuffle her feet. She was amazing. And then this year, on top of everything else, she really broke out with that. And then, uh, like, she's a crazy rich Asian. She was in that. I forgot she was a mom in that. But <laughs> this year was a big year for her. So um, that's why I picked her. Um, and I know I named a lot of different movies that are from a lot of different time frames, but people may not know her by name. They would probably know her as soon as they saw her and went, oh, my God, yeah. She's that person and she's she's hitting her stride later in her years and it's great to see and I love it. So I picked her as entertainer of the year. Hmm. Awesome. Well, twenty twenty two I think continues to probably be uh, this one was really tough because I was trying to go for someone that wasn't controversial. Someone that had a remarkable year still managed to be influential, while at the same time someone that a lot of people admired. Because to kind of go outside the box and go with those that you know or the perennial people who do quite a bit and keep themselves within um, the lights um we could easily pick those people. Um, 
the one person that I had thought about choosing kind of had a good year, but went and had some controversies along the way. So, yes, on this one, I went with the safe bet and somebody that actually did have quite an impressive year. So my entertainer of the year is Zendaya. I was going to say Kanye West. (laughs) No, God, no. (laughs) He's something else of the year, but I don't know what's the proper word to probably use. But no, I'm going with Zendaya. Uh, The reason why is that she continues to build upon a career in which, if you think about it last year, uh, she was nominated and won, uh, and thus becoming the second youngest person to get an Emmy Award for lead actress in the drama series for uh, Euphoria, which if you talk to a lot of people who have seen that show are just blown away at her performance in that show. Uh, Time Magazine named her one of the 100 most influential people in the world on its annual list in 2022. And on top of that, for a person that's also an actress, a lot of people also forget that she is also a singer. And because of that musical uh, gift that she had, she parlayed that into two Grammy Award nominations this past year. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, two uh, award nominations this year for her song or songs from the television show that she wrote for that. Uh, even though she didn't win, but to have two of those and as well as get a nomination as an executive producer and then get one as an actress, pretty much she's becoming an unstoppable force. And she's got, you know, movies and projects that are still cranking out. Um, and with a documentary that she did this past year and then things that she will be doing this year, I have named her as uh, Entertainer of the Year for 2022. So, yeah, that's the first award. Uh, Still ahead tonight, we will have our Athlete of the Year, uh, as well as our Top Stories of the Year, our 2023 Prediction, and our Purse of the Year. So all of those coming up. Uh, First, before we even forget, uh, we do have the Almanac. We haven't been with you, so... Uh, January brings about National CBD Month, also National Soup Month. It's National Slow Cooking Month. Uh, It's also National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Uh, It's National Hot Tea Month, Oatmeal Month, Blood Donor Month. Uh, Also uh, National Mentoring uh, Month. And it also brings about some weeks here that you will be seeing. Meat Week begins the last Sunday of January. Uh, also, National Catholic Schools Week begins the last Sunday of January. I'm actually a product of the Catholic school system. Um, National Fresh Squeeze Juice Week begins the third Sunday of January. Uh, also, Home Office Safety and Security Week. It's the second full week of January. Uh, no Name Calling Week. <laughs> National Pizza Week begins the, Yeah. National Pizza Week begins the second Sunday of January. Uh, Universal Letter Writing Week starts the second Sunday of January. 
And then uh, Celebration of Life Week, the first week of January. Uh, Diet Resolution Week, which is the first week of January. And those are some of the weekly and monthly observances. So that brings us to today. Today, January 6th, it is National Cuddle Up Day. Uh, (laughs) It's also National Technology Day. It's National Shortbread Day and National Bean Day. Tomorrow, Hmm. it is National Bobblehead Day. Uh, I'm not sure. As I'm shaking my head. (laughs) Yes. And it's also National Tempura Day tomorrow. I love me some tempura. Shrimp, vegetable, tempura is good stuff. I can't get it right, but it's some good stuff. <laughs> well, here you go. That's your chance to try to start tomorrow. Uh, January 8th, it is National Career Coach Day. Patient Day is January 8th. World Typing Day. Uh, also, National Winter Skin Relief Day. National Sunday Supper Day is the second Sunday of January. National Joy Germ Day. It's also National English Toffee Day. Uh, so for our friends over in the U.K., if you could send over some English toffee. Uh, <laughs> it's also National Bubble Bath Day. I, I know mm. that um, you're angling for your uh, Calgon. But here's the thing. Oh, it's also National Argyle Day. But bubble baths, I think, have... Uh, you know, it's gone from the old traditions now to bath bobs. Um, is there a preference that you have? <laughs> Hot water bubbles. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> Thing is, though, I have to take a shower beforehand so that I'm clean because I don't like to be like human soup. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> or do you do it in reverse? Do you do the bath first, then the shower? It depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes I do the shower first and then the bath. Sometimes I do the bath and then the shower. Just depends on how I'm feeling. If I'm doing a bubble bath, I do the shower afterwards. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. <laughs> January 9th is International speaking? Here's the thing. And I, I, once again, I'll be honest with you. I... I'm having a little bit of an issue with my ear um, where I know I have to get it checked. And because, like, a part of it, I cannot really hear well out of my left ear. So I'm not sure if this is messing with my speech as well. Choreographer's Day is what it is. International Choreographer's Day, which is January 9th. Uh, National Balloon Ascension Day is also that day. National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. It's National Clean Off Your Desk Day, which is the second Monday of January. National, is it apricot or apricot? Everybody pronounces this differently. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Uh, And then it is also. Yeah, I've done it either way. Yes, either way. Uh, And it's also National Static Electricity Day. On Monday. Yeah. So don't go and take a balloon and rub it on somebody and then, like, you know, shock them or do whatever. So um, January 10th is National Houseplant Appreciation Day. National Shop uh, for Travel Day is the second Tuesday in January. National Oysters Rockefeller Day. Save the Eagles Day. 
National Cut Your Energy Cost Day, and National Bittersweet Chocolate Day on Tuesday. Wednesday brings us Heritage Treasures Day, National Arkansas Day, National Step in a Puddle and Splash Your Friends Day. <laughs> so That's very specific. Yes. <laughs> National Human Trafficking Awareness Day, and then National Milk Day, which is on the 11th. Not a milk drinker. Total milk drinker. Love me some milk. <laughs> and then January 12th, it is National Pharmacist Day, National Curry Chicken Day, National Marzipan Day. And on January 12th, it is Kiss a Ginger Day. I don't know that I know any gingers now that I'm thinking about it. Oh. I'm trying hmm. to think through. I mean, I know some people that are strawberry blonde that try to pull the whole. That means I'm a redhead. No, you ended with blonde. That means you're blonde. Um, <laughs> I know some people that dye their hair red. Well, if it's red, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know if they count as a ginger or not, but I'm going to have to go with them. They're going to be really surprised when I just jump in their face, though. That's going to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, you know what? Let me let me stop. <clears throat> and these days now, you have to make sure that you get permission. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you know this really, really well. Consent. <laughs> yeah. Have to have consent. If you don't know, if you know it really, really well, I think they'll be okay with it. But yes. <laughs> and then next Friday, just to give you a heads up, there's quite a few things next Friday. Next Friday is National Sticker Day. It is Korean American Day. It is Stephen Foster Memorial Day. Uh, National Blame Someone Else Day. National Peach Melba Day And January 13th Is actually National Rubber Ducky Day Rubber Ducky You're the one They make bath time So much fun fun. Yes I helped you out there Uh, Yes I was just embarrassed of the fact That you were letting me sing that out loud (laughs) <laughs> I, I knew the word. <laughs> oh, <wrong>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yes. So those are things that are going on. Um, so no, that's that's a part of it. We are going to take a step back and take a retro commercial break. Still ahead, we'll take a look at Twitter, and we will continue on with our 2022 awards. (laughs) And um, then we'll have a couple other stories. Actually, I had one. I had a yay or nay. We might do yay or nay tonight uh, if we have a little bit of time. So... We'll do all of that, but first, Retro Moment of the Week, and then we will be right back. But first, you are listening to page one of our Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Casper. Well, almost. Ah, there. 
Hey, what's that I see? Well, what do you know? It's a guitar. And that fella looks familiar. I wonder who it can be. C-A-S-P-E-R. Oh, it's me. Golly, it plays Maddie's Sunday funny song. And you can play it like a real guitar, too. Say, Casper, that was swell. But look, there's another toy by Mattel. There's Maddie's Funday Funnies gang. I wonder what's inside. Too dark in here to see. Well, what do you know? It's me. Sure, it's you. And now all our friends can have a Casper in the Music Box, too. Yes, you can get your own Casper in the Music Box for only $2.50 and your own Casper guitar for just $2. <laughs> Remember, you can tell it's Mattel. It sounds well. Taste of Peanutty because it's made from the best quality peanuts in the world. Say peanut butter any time they can. Only if it's Peter Pan. We are Beatrice. You're listening to Page One. Page One. With LaVar and Mary. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LaVar and Mary. Welcome back to Page One with LaVar and Mary. It is Friday night, January 6th. Happy New Year. You know, before I go any further, I'm sorry, but in the 40s and 50s, were there different pronunciations of different things? <laughs> I know I at first heard that right when they said guitar and not guitar as we say it now. So is it guitar? Or is it guitar? Not that I shouldn't get to use this joke twice in one sitting, but yes. <laughs> um, I, and I know people that still say guitar. And then I say guitar, but yeah. <laughs> get to do the... Now I am a little uh, tomato tomato. <laughs> you see, when I think that, all I can think of is Uncle Pecos and the guitar and the string breaking. <laughs> <laughs> that one. That's all. That's that's all I can think about, and that that now is. Yes. You know, I, I used to have that clip, and then I got rid of it because we didn't really <laughs> need it that much. Now I'm longing for it, and I think I need to bring it back. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, no, I, I don't. I just wonder because uh, it's. I'll hear different things from 40s and 50s shows, and like the pronunciation of it is way different. I'm like, so when did we start pronunciating it a different way? It seems that by the late mm-hmm. 60s, early 70s, we pronounce things far different than what they used to in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And even then, the speech patterns change. Because if you remember the mm-hmm. prototypical New Yorker on those old radio shows used to be like, he thinks I should be going over to so-and-so's house. They don't sound like that nowadays. <laughs> Sounds very No, different. no, they don't. <laughs> no, where this all changed. And I don't know when things got dropped or, yeah, the American lexicon is such an interesting study. Um, I would think especially for English professors who are looking at how we spoke in the first half, because there there really isn't any recorded voice from anyone from the 1800s, so who knows even how they sounded then. Um, But we do have, from the early parts of last century to now, and the way that we speak has changed so New words introduced. I, I don't know. It's a very interesting thing. I'm just, it's a show in itself. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, so I'll go to the second award of the evening that we are due for, and that is with the Athlete of the Year Award. This um, could be easy. Then again, I found this to be a little bit hard because there's so many great and deserving athletes this year. I think, and if I don't recall, I think we've always broken it down into male and female athlete of the year, which is what we're going to do. Um, as always. Oh, did I we? Was, Cause I only took the, I only picked one athlete. <laughs> well, that's fine. If you got one, that's totally fine. It's whatever you have off what you got, but who do you have for athlete of the year? Um, the 400 needle hurdle star, Sydney, and I think it's McLaughlin, right? Is how we say it because I know mm-hmm. it's said so many different ways. But yeah, I picked her as my athlete of the year. Um, no real reason other than uh, like I didn't want to go with standard. First of all, football, basketball, baseball to me have kind of I don't know. They've turned into jobs and not, I know they still have, there's still athletic prowess that's needed for them. But for me, it's like you play a game and you get paid a lot of money for it. So it's kind of lost its shine. So (laughs) I was, I know that sounds weird. You play these games? No, you can't be athletic. So I went to the Olympics. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, if you remember in times past, you know, I think we one year or a year or two ago were singing the praises of Shohei Otani, um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, for what he was mm-hmm. able to do on the diamond. Um, yeah, I I had a tougher time choosing the female athlete of the year than I did for the male athlete of the year. That really comes down to a couple of people. Uh, I, I did go baseball um, as much as it pained me. Uh, I did go with Aaron Judge of the Yankees this year, who had 
a pretty good season uh, mm-hmm. and paid off for him because he bet on himself and got the big contract in the end. Um, so he is my male athlete of the year. The female athlete of the year, this one was really, really, really tough. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to bow to the judgment of the Associated Press, uh, who also chose uh, Katie Ledecky um, as their female athlete of the year, and that is who I am going with uh, as well, because for what she has been able to do in the pool, you know, if we talk about Michael Phelps, um, Katie Ledecky is just as decorated. Uh, And for the second time within the last five years, she won the AP Female Athlete of the Year. Um, And so I'm going with Katie Ledecky. So that is my choice for that. Um, I like it. Yeah. (laughs) So this will lead us to... Three more awards, well, two more awards, and then our 2023 prediction to go. Before we go to that, in part B, let's take a look at what's trending right now at this hour. As I told you, one of the things that we're keeping an eye on, um, especially here in the U.S., is that the U.S. House Speaker vote is ongoing at this hour. Um <laughs> And, uh, Sorry, I shouldn't be giggling about it. It's a very serious thing. I lost track. Here's the thing. I lost track. I didn't even know. And this is how sad this is. And to those of you listening worldwide, you know, you're probably like typical Americans. You don't even know what's going on within your own government. Uh, I didn't even know it got yes. to the 14th vote. I thought we were at 16. Oh, we're at 14 now? I thought we were yes. still at 13. All right. No. No, this is now the 14th vote. Um, and we will probably find out here within the next 10, 15 minutes or so if this is the 14th and final vote. It looks to be reaching its conclusion. Um, so we shall see. Persevere. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's just one big cluster fudge, and that's the cleanest word that I could probably use for that. Um, <laughs> we're all screwed. And, um, it is, it, it's a sad, it, it, this whole, you know, I noticed one thing today and not to go on too much of a commentary, but it seems that people in politics now are more interested in sound bites, gotcha moments, and, lining their own potential pockets long-term than actually caring or giving a rip about why they were sent to Congress. And I know for years that we felt sometimes that way about our elected officials. And I'm not just saying it's one party. It's both sometimes. It's it's pretty much both. You know, you get voted to go there and do a job. And to have – you know, petty, you know, reasons of even if you did wrong, well, we're going to come at you for this. We're going to come back at you for this. And nothing gets accomplished. And in between all of these investigations and everything else that's going on, you know, most of the investigations are valid. 
the other half of art, and you're wasting the taxpayers' dollars because right now, last time, look, there's still an inflation that's going on in which costs of things are rising. We still have mass shootings going on in this country that haven't been taken care of. Women's rights are still on the table. There are a lot of things still on the table that we care more about than the squabbling of some people within the chambers that no one's getting anything done. And it's, it's very just discouraging at times. I used to love politics. I can tell you years ago, I followed politics every day. I could tell you every little thing that was going on. And I become so disillusioned at times. I, I don't even really want to watch TV. Um, to that, I don't blame you, my friend, for not really wanting to watch a lot of news uh, for mm-hmm. what you see, uh, because it's just people sitting around on their hands and no one doing anything. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> that should have been a part of my. Uh, uh, Two minute story. rant. <laughs> no, that should be a part of Festus. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but anyway, Twitter. What's trending? It's Friday night. <laughs> so one of the things that's trending is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, that is number one. That's sad. That's trending more than the House vote. <laughs> house vote is nowhere close. It's not even in the top ten. That's how sad this is. What is trending tonight is that SmackDown, AEW Rampage, Love After Lockup, uh, On Patrol Live. <laughs> Those are just a few of the things Anything that are trending. Anything else. Anything else is basically what I'm hearing. Anything else, is, Anything else. Anything else is pretty much trending. NBA is trending tonight. Um, so, you know, it's, it's all of that's trending way ahead than what is going on in the country right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But uh, that's also trending. Um, like I said, basketball is trending. Um, I did see one thing from overseas here, uh, or actually one uh, uh, disturbing story tonight. This out of uh, Newport News, Virginia. And I want you to think about this story, because this from the Associated Press. A six-year-old student shot and wounded a Virginia teacher doing an altercation inside a first-grade classroom. This according to police and school officials in the city of Newport. Um, the teacher is in the hospital with life-threatening injuries. Uh, it happened at Rich Neck Elementary School in Newport News. And... Um, they said the shooting, and this is in, from the Associated Press Friday, experts said that a school shooting involving a six-year-old is extremely rare, although not unheard of, while Virginia law limits the ways in which a child that age can be punished for such a crime. Uh, no students were injured. The teacher, a woman in her 30s, suffered life-threatening injuries. Her condition had improved somewhat by late afternoon. Um, they said that the student and the teacher had known each other in a classroom setting. Uh, he said that the boy had a handgun in the classroom. Investigators were trying to figure out where he obtained it. But the police chief did not provide further details about the shooting, the altercation, or what happened inside the school. Uh, 
I don't even know what else to tell you outside of that. Six years old. Six. That's insane. That's just just mind-boggling insane. I, I, when somebody told me that story this afternoon, I, I had to. I, I, <laughs> I had to. Keep I would asking. call you bull hunkum balderdash. Like I would have told you it was not real. I had to keep asking if they were sure that that was a six-year-old. Um, and yeah. I would have six. called you a bold-faced liar. I really would have. I mean, I know you well enough to know that you're not, but I would. that's what I, I – no, I would have done that. I would have said, no, you're a bold-faced liar. Yep, six years old. I, I don't even know what more to tell you outside of that. Um, so those are some of the things that are trending – uh, also trending today, uh, you know, it seems that we lose uh, celebrities so quickly and so often. Uh, some news coming out of Hollywood today. Uh, actor Earl Bowen, if you saw the face, uh, you will know him. But he's best known for his recurring role in the Terminator franchise. Uh, he passed away. A family member tells TMZ that the veteran actor passed away on Thursday in Hawaii. They wouldn't disclose the cause or the specifics of his death, but he is best remembered for his role as Dr. Uh, Peter Sleberman in the Terminator series. However, he racked up other film credits in the 80s, such as Battle Beyond the Stairs, the Stars, I'm sorry, uh, and The Man with Two Brains and Alien Nation. Uh, he also appeared in Naked Gun 33 and the Third, uh, Nutty Professor 2, um, and I guess he's also known for a lot of voiceovers. Uh, he was the voice of Charles Rhino Daly on Batman animated series. Um, so a lot of voiceover work that he's known for. Uh, I guess he also voiced Simon Stagg on Justice League. Um, but if you see the face, you will know exactly who it is. Uh, but yeah, he has passed at the age of 81. So, but yes. <clears throat> so that is what's going on. I will tell you, uh, as I said, we're kind of watching breaking news here out of Washington. Uh, right now, the vote, uh, as it stands at the moment, um, Representative McCarthy has 216 votes. I don't know what the uh, tally estimate that he needs, but I do believe that that is pretty close uh, to where he needs to be. Uh, but we'll keep you posted before the show goes out. Uh, but that leads us to our top 10 stories for 2022. Um, I know you said that you probably didn't have a top 10 list, but for what you did have, what did you believe to be the top story uh, for this past year? Okay, so I, I had I ended up with two stories. And the two stories I ended up with was Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Because that is just a gold mine of things that just keeps on giving forth. It is the golden goose that does not stop laying golden eggs. 
Um, so it's that and the passing of the queen. Um, the the mo- longest reigning monarch. Her passing. I just there were so many people that reacted to that. Um, I don't I don't remember if Betty White passed in 2022 or if that was in 2021, but. That would have been another story if I would have done that. But there was just there was there was a lot of people that made the trek to the UK to see the Queen after she passed, and like they had to cut the line down, like professional queuing and all had to cut the line down. So that was one of my top stories. Those are the two stories I thought of for the top stories of 2023 that kind of defined it. <laughs> The Queen and Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to kind of break in real quick with some breaking news here. Uh, there was a little bit of well, it will probably go down as some slight ugliness here, uh, but it mm. looks like uh, Carthy and uh, uh, Florida Representative uh, Gates kind of had a little bit of a tense exchange here on the floor, and they've got a lot of people surrounding both of them right now uh, as this vote is still ongoing. Um, If you were watching it live on TV, you see that uh, Lauren Boebert is sitting next to Gates, um, and some people are coming over to talk to both him and McCarthy, um, but McCarthy did confront him uh, during that vote, so I'm assuming that something that somebody probably was promising did not come through the way it should have. Uh, but there was kind of a little Aww. bit of a tense moment. Uh, and right now the vote stands at McCarthy with 216. Uh, Akeem Jeffries from the Democratic Party with 212. Four uh, voting for others and two voting present. Um, it still is not official yet as to where it stands with the votes, but that did not look good. <laughs> and, uh, so <laughs> it, it's just, it's amazing to watch uh, from a political standpoint because, you know, there's so much back door willing and dealing and people promising things. And then to have this happen out in the camera view and it's, it's chippy, <laughs> but I'll get to my stories because there were quite a few that I thought about here in the top 10 Actually, the Elon Musk thing, I didn't even put it in there, though I, I probably could have. Um, my top 10 stories at number 10, I had, you know, COVID-19 going into its third year. Uh, more numbers mm-hmm. of people passing away. I do believe we hit the 500 uh, million mark as far as uh, people with that. And then... <clears throat> At number nine, I had um, the story about, which we talked about earlier, with inflation, how food prices took a sharp rise this year, uh, continuing to. Um, People talking about how things one year ago in 2021 are not the same here in 2022. Uh, Inflation continues to be a story that goes into this year. At number eight, uh, I had the pro-democracy protest in Iran, um, those which kind of for a while in which the world was watching 
um, a little bit with uh, a little bit of nervousness because that story in itself, which started from the result of uh, at that time, um, was the um, pretty much what it was was uh, there was a um, 22-year-old that died while in the custody of the country's morality police. Uh, she had been detained for allegedly violating the Islamic Republic's strict dress code, and protests continued for months despite a deadly crackdown. Um, they estimate at this point that more than 18,000 people have been detained since those early days. Um, and then at number seven, I have the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. So oh, that people. was this year too. Yes. Totally forgot so that was people. this year. Yeah, seemed like a lifetime ago, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. And it was just this past year, and millions of people tuning in as they faced off in court. And after six weeks, of course, you remember the jury largely sided with Depp. Um, but yeah, it, it is one of the first times that women, you know, really did not go the way in which you thought they would have and kind of were more behind Johnny Depp. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then at number six, I had the monkeypox outbreak where it spread across the globe, uh, started pretty much, uh, was reported in the UK, spread quickly across the world, affecting people here in all 50 states, killing at least six people before vaccination efforts helped to pretty much squell that spread. Um, the outbreak peaked in the U.S. in early August. And then at number uh, five, I had the Uvalde, Texas shooting. Um, of course, if you remember the tragic events of what happened there, uh, it seems like all these stories happened a lifetime ago, but they all just happened uh, in the last year. Back in May, of course, uh, a gunman stormed the campus of Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, killing 19 children and two teachers in the deadliest school shooting in the U.S. in nearly a decade. At number four, mm-hmm. the story that I had was the World Cup. Um, for a while, uh, you know, the world was watching as it took place in the Middle East for the first time in history. Uh, Qatar, uh, which is pretty much a conservative uh, Muslim emirate, um, where it was probably the wildest final in the tournament's 92-year history, uh, with Argentina winning its third World Cup title by beating France 4-2 in a penalty shootout. Um, That was my number four story. At number three, I had the Supreme Court uh, overturning Roe v. Wade, uh, which struck a lot of protest here in this country. Uh, number two was the death of Queen Elizabeth. Um, and then my number one story was the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, mm-hmm. as that story, which happened pretty much almost a year ago this month, uh, has still affected uh, us in this country, uh, prices of things and uh, for, of course, those folks in Ukraine uh, has turned their lives upside down as well. So that is my top ten stories. Of course, number one story of the year, uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, 
did you have a prediction for 2023? I always loved these kind because, of. huh? I said kind of, but you love these because. Do you remember what yours was last year? I, I, I'm just asking just to see if you remember, no. but do, no, <laughs> <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> I think I think at that time my prediction last year was about how the NFL announcing world was going to go topsy-turvy because there was going to be major mass movements of announcers and uh, analysts, which did kind of happen. You saw Al Michaels go from the Sunday night football booth over to Thursday night football. Uh, You saw both Joe Buck and Troy Aikman leave Fox and go to – ESPN for Monday Night Football. Uh, you saw a lot of other shifts in people, you know, moving about in the sports announcing world. But mm-hmm. um, what is your um, 2023 prediction? Mine's not necessarily a prediction. I mean, it is and it isn't. I think that that we're going to be doing a lot more outside of the like the tragic news, and we're gonna we're gonna pretend that we're all in a peaceful world. There's gonna be a lot of space, like we're gonna be pushing a lot of space stories. So, getting to Mars, getting a manned um, like group into space again, um, getting that manned group onto another planet, or live, setting up a colony on the moon, or something along those lines. But I see a lot of NASA, a lot of um, satellites, a lot of space exploration. I I feel like space is going to be the big push this year outside of, of course, the the things that are tragic and on this planet. So I I see a lot of focus on that going forward, uh, moving forward. Yeah, that's that's what I think. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I think. There's a, there's a lot of talk happening right now within NASA, and then on top of that, NASA has gotten to the point where they've um, dialed in their um, their their camera and like their their video feeds, and they're mm-hmm. putting it out on on platforms like YouTube, like Twitch, like like full screen, and I'm talking. Streaming with chats and everything, and they're getting people, thousands of people, just watching people. You know, watching the 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 um, launches, and they're like, hey, this is getting launched today, and they're droves of people watching this and commenting and talking and getting that global community. And I think they found a good time to do it. So that was that's what they've been doing for the last like couple of months, three, four, five, six months. Um, I see them pushing that even further moving forward because they have now public support. May not be like the monetary support of the governments that they're working under or what have you, but there's a lot of that public support to push forward. So I see a lot of space themed things happening in the next year. Okay. Um, yeah, we do have a little bit of breaking news here coming out of Washington. 
Kevin McCarthy has suffered his 14th defeat for <laughs> speakership. Laugh, I'm sorry. The vote um, here in the Capitol at about 11, uh, 16 Eastern time, 216 for McCarthy, 212 for Representative Jeffries, four others uh, voting different ways and two voting present. Uh, the tension that occurred, uh, as we kind of reported on here a few moments ago, uh, I do believe that they were expecting Representative Yates out of Florida to vote for McCarthy. Uh, right now, there is a motion to adjourn. There is no telling when they will come back. Uh, but right now, the breaking news here is that uh, if McCarthy has suffered his 14th defeat uh, for the Speaker of the House of Representatives, now this, in effect, still means that there is no Congress in session. Um, people who are Congress elect have still not been formally uh, sworn in. Um, members are now voting on adjourning. Right now, that vote looks to be 113 to 1, well, it's changing as we speak, uh, 117 to 132 uh, nay. Uh, a lot of the vote coming from the Democratic side on May to adjourning. Um, still waiting on the no votes to come in, uh, but it looks like here uh, that it, it could be adjourning for the evening. No word on when they will come, be coming back. So um, uh, one big mess, which I'm pretty sure um, it leads to. Is it past our bedtime? Is that why we're having such a weird vote? I don't know. Um, this is this is amazing to watch from a political standpoint because this is something that has not happened in our lifetimes. Um, we have not gone, even when it went past the first vote, uh, we have not seen this in over 100 years. So um, there is no word on what will be next. But I will tell you my 2023 prediction leading uh, going on here. Um, I predict more from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, I'm going to go out on a wild limb here, but I think that 2023 is definitely going to be the year of Rihanna. You're going to be hearing a lot about her. She is going to be performing in the Super Bowl, but that's not a prediction. We already know that's going to be happening. But my prediction here is that she will pick up the Oscar this year for best song for Lift Me Up from... Black Panther, Wakanda forever. That will be my prediction this year. Uh, my other prediction uh, I will probably make now um, will come from the sports world and that the winner of the Super Bowl will not be who you thought it will be at this moment. <laughs> it will probably be a team that many had given up on. They came back, and over the last couple of months, were on fire, and were probably like one of the last teams in. That will be my prediction. It will not be a favorite. So, those two things. No super, the Super Bowl winner will not be a favorite, and... Rihanna picks up the Oscar for best song. 
So, actually, here's one of the funny things is that that's I, those are bold. Uh, hey, you heard it here first. <laughs> I say she picks up the Oscar for best song. So, um, but uh, voting will adjourn until Monday. By the way, we're just now getting that word in for Washington. Yeah, it's so, after bedtime. They're going home. Yeah. They yeah. need to go and refresh in those $10,000 tubs. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Insane. Sit on so, that $50,000 toilet seat. Sorry, yeah. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so we now have gone past all of those stories, which leaves us for one more, which is our person of the year. Uh, we'll do that here in a few moments, but I want to kind of get to this other story. Um, speaking of probably, uh, well, uh, probably what they need to do, um, drink. It's no secret that America likes to drink, so much so that there are currently around 63% of Americans who drink alcohol. And surprise, surprise, that favorite drink of Americans throughout the country is beer. There are currently just under 10,000 breweries throughout the country. Not to mention that there are currently over 1.1 million home brewers in America. Yes, over a million. Uh, But out of all of those states, which is the thirstiest? So the folks at Learning to Homebrew um, did their studies and did their research. All the data was taken by using current information from trusted beer-related sources, they said. The complete breakdown of said data shows that the 10 thirstiest states of America, um, at number 10, well, I'll I'll start first with the least thirsty state. (laughs) Before I even get to that, you care to take a thought of, I'll I'll tell you, one, two, three, four, five states made the least thirsty state. One should be very easy. The other four. One is Utah. Yes. Um, That one's easy. hmm. That one I understand. That one I know. Uh, per have, capita, right? We're talking per capita? They, they have far fewer breweries than any other state, just 42. <laughs> um, trying to think. Who else would be thirsty? Or not thirsty. We're talking not thirsty. Per capita. Rhode Island's in there. No. Um. See, now I'm trying to think through, like, where people go, because we've got, like, wine country, we've got all those, and then, like, I would have normally said Wyoming, but Wyoming, I think the the Cowboys would drink a lot. Um, I'm going to give you a big hint. Um, Go as far east. I was going to say the Dakotas. Nope. Go as far east as you possibly can. (laughs) So Maine. Uh, no. That's as far east as I possibly can go. That's Canada. Well, what I meant, go east. east. Uh, probably say... Connecticut. Uh, no. Uh, Massachusetts was another state. (laughs) Wow. Uh, they currently have 175 breweries, and they produce about 442,000... Uh, barrels per year. Uh, Indiana, um, they only consume around 23.1 units of beer per capita, which is lower than other states. 
But they have a thriving wow. industry, but they consume less. Uh, New Jersey, uh, there are only 127 breweries located throughout the state. And New York, believe it or not, the city that never sleeps, is one of the least thirsty states as far as beer is consumed. At the time of their report, there is only 21.5 units of beer consumed per capita, which is relatively low given the fact that the state has a population size of 20 million people. <laughs> so, yes. But in top 10 states, wow. the top 10 states, uh, you should know number 10 because it is Nevada. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though you have I was a smaller yeah, even though you have a smaller population density, it's small but mighty. It is the party capital of the USA. Um, the <laughs> 33.2 units of beer consumed per capita. The most popular beer of choice is the Firestone Walker. I've never heard of that. Uh, next on the list is Local Nebraska. Brewery. Yeah. Nebraska at number nine. Uh, okay. At number eight, Wisconsin, with a population uh, of over ha, 5 ha, million, ha. they have over 205 breweries at the time, and a pretty high rating of 33.6 units of beer consumed per capita. Body the, cow. You have to have the, the beer with the cheese. The Wisconsin beer of choice is Blue Moon. <laughs> Surprising. Give me my spotted cow. And you need to have beer with cheese. I'm sorry. <laughs> at number seven is Texas. Um, no surprise there. And then um, at number six, Vermont. Even though they have a low population density, they make up for it in beer consumption. <laughs> number five is Maine. You say you were saying Maine earlier, but that was for the another list. But Maine um, has 133 active breweries. Uh, it's also a state that likes to drink beer. <laughs> Um, at number four, South Dakota. At number three, North Dakota. Their favorite drink of choice is New Glarus Brewing Beer, of course, known for the Spotted Cow. Spotted uh, number, cow. At number two is New Hampshire. Um, despite being one of the smaller states, they have 91 breweries that consume 39.8 units of beer per capita. Um, and at number one of all the states in America, this state took first place as the thirstiest state. It was a state that's wow. known uh, for that both makes and consumes beer. It has 92 active breweries. It's a state that takes the title of the most beer consumed at 40.8 units of beer. That state... No. That state is Montana. No way! <laughs> no way! Yes. I knew it was in California. They have too many wineries. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. You have to almost think of wineries. I'm shocked because <clears throat> Michigan as well has a lot of wineries. And it's yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think that um, yeah, it that's not shocking. Even though I was a little shocked, but yeah, Montana, 
That is uh, the... Damn you, Cowboys. <laughs> yes. Um, one other important thing here, and I'm not going to get too personal, uh, but this was a belated article because we're here at New Year's, but I wanted to make sure that I at least got this out. Um, it says here, and I will read the article. It says, why the color of your underwear matters on New Year's Eve. So next time you can think about this. <laughs> um, the color of the fabric encasing your butt cheeks of December 31st plays an important role in defining your personal roadmap for the year ahead. In South America, in particular, there are a few beliefs and customs surrounding your chosen New Year's Eve underpants. In Brazil, Bolivia, and Venezuela, for example, opting for a yellow pair of undies on December 31st is said to bring luck, money, and happiness in the new year due to the colors association with all of those traits. But the underwear has to be new. Alternatively, if you feel like you already have plenty of luck, money, and happiness, and if so, congratulations, donning a new pair of red underwear for the new year will bring more love and passion to your life going forward. Red is universally associated with passion, so starting your year with your most passionate parts encased in the color of hot, unbridled ecstasy certainly feels like there might be something to this whole color thing. However, some people believe that the only way to ensure your colorful undies bring you the fortune that you're hoping for is to wear them inside out until the new year arrives, then reverse them to their proper right-way roundness. Um... So one thing to remember for next New Year's is that the color of your underwear does matter in regards to your luck for the New Year. Okay, I I I did not expect to be surprised by this, but I was surprised by this. Who says the show doesn't teach you a lot? So, uh, that not did you? I'm not going to ask you what color you wore because that would be that would be rude. But did you wear one of the colors? Um, no. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> did you? I wore all the colors. I mean, I have no problem telling you what color underwear I wore on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I wore rainbow underwear. On New Year's Eve, because I felt pretty. <laughs> there you go. They were brand yep. new, so we did get the brand new, um, but they were worn right side out because I don't wear my underwear inside out. It makes me wonder what type of uh, luck that Jenna Bush Hager is going to have since she doesn't wear any. But uh... <laughs> do I get all the luck because I wore I wore this rainbow underwear? So if you don't wear any, what luck will you get? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Like, do I get all the do I get all the luck because I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I guess this kind of means. Uh, uh, I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would think that you get. Luck for everything? Question mark? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> you wear all the uh, colors, you get all the luck. 
So this leaves us with the last award of the evening, and it makes me wonder if we should hold on to this one for next week. But if we have to do it tonight, I will tell you that I'm going to go with the default choice. Um, Person of the Year is pretty much a very, very hard one for me to come up with because of the year in which so much has happened. Um, So many who are deemed as, quote, the good guy or the bad guy or uh, the questionable guy or this in itself. I guess I'll come out and ask you, did you have a person of the year? I did, but I wouldn't. Like, if you don't want to, to say it tonight, then I'm not against holding no, on to it till next I am week. fine with you if you want to say it tonight. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? Because we can't hold on to it. Because if you're going with the default, that means you're going with the one that was named for what, people? Yeah? Uh, Time Magazine. Time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just tells you how much I pay attention. Um, and that would have been what? The president for the Ukraine? Of Ukraine. Yes. If I remember right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my person was um, Mackenzie Scott. Just Bezos' ex. Um, for her <laughs> massive, massive donations she gave throughout the year. Not just the one she gave to the Boys and Girls Club or Boys and Girls Club? No, I have to look. Yeah, no, Big Sisters, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. But she did Boys and Girls Club. She did. She actually donated to, like, I think it was some, over 100 different charities and large, large amounts of charities. So she was like a, when you say philanthropist, if you can say it, um, she should come to mind. And the fact that she took that, the her little, her little bit of Jeff Bezos and stuck it to the man. I, I kind of, I'm kind of happy with that. I'm, I'm yeah, so she made what 122.6 million dollar donation to Big Brothers Big Sisters of America, um, and that she's donated nearly two billion to 343 organizations. Um, pretty much focused on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, most, that, and that was throughout the year. That was not just, all right, it's tax time. Let's give some money away. It was throughout the year. <laughs> so that's why I chose her. Gotcha. And I think that's where she, we will go. Yeah. Like I said, it was a tough year because I could easily have given it to the protesters in Iran I could have easily probably mm-hmm. have gone, um, you know, with a politician here. I could have easily have gone, uh, you know, anywhere else. But in a year in which the top story has been Ukraine, and I will probably defer to Time Magazine in their 2022 person of the year um, instead of probably just try to really just come out of left field or with the box, which is Mary's choice is actually – if I didn't really research it, know about it, I probably would have went that route too. But I am going to go and defer our minds to Time Magazine and their first of the year uh, this year. And uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not mad at that either. That, uh, it's a good person, 
I would have done the same thing. That was like the I kind of went in the order that you gave me, and then I went, oh, top ten list. I'll get back to that and never. (laughs) (laughs) So yes. So let's be honest. This is what happened. But that's what we'll go with, and we'll save yay or nay for next week, and we will save uh, everything else until then. But the clock on the wall is telling us that we are pretty much out of time. But before we go, uh, my friend, do you have any um, shout-outs tonight? Uh, I don't have any shout-outs tonight, but Happy New Year to everyone. I hope they had a great New Year. Um, it did feel weird not to be able to be with everyone that night, but um, I hope again it was safe, it was fun, it was relaxing, it wasn't relaxing, whatever the case may be um, for you, and that we have a great 2023 moving forward. Indeed. Um, same wishes here, and a happy new year to everyone. Hope that everyone had a great holiday. Uh, here we are, start of another year, and uh, we hope that with the start of that year that you join us here every Friday night at 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. Uh, we thank you if you joined us in 2022, and we thank you again for joining us here in 2023. We hope that you continue to do so. Uh, real quick, today was actually, or is actually, the 12th anniversary of our Twitter page at News Comet VTR. So 12 years ago today, <laughs> it's all falls on a, wow. on, a, on a special day. So we've been on that page now for 12 years. So uh, you know where to find us. Now, in closing tonight, this closing was originally going to be for last week. Because I put a lot of time and effort into it, I'm going to play it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Because every year, without fail, we used to play a couple of clips at the end of the year. So because we're wrapping up and celebrating the end of the year, we'll play that montage. And with that, for Mary, I'm LeVar. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Um, Cheers to 2023. May it be better for us than it was last year. And may it be prosperous. May it be safe. And may it be the best one yet. We'll see you next Friday night. Thanks for listening. Bye. You know, I told you people something a long time ago, and it's just as pertinent today as it was then. Ladies and gentlemen, take my advice. Pull down your pants and slide on the ice. (laughs) (laughs) You go. Where should I go? What should I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Magnificent washout, a turnout, and uh, now I'd like to say a few words. Hello? I must be going. I cannot say I came to say I must be going. I'm glad I came, but just the same, I must be going. La la. For my sake, you must stay. If you should go away, you spoil this party. I am through I'll stay a week or two. I'll stay the summer through. But I am telling you. Get with us next week on these same stations and you can bet your last money. It's all going to be a stone gas, honey. I'm Don Cornelius. And as always in parting, we wish you love, peace, and so. Turn out the 
tonight. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The party's over. And tomorrow and next year starts the same old thing again. Yeah.